We are in the second week of Advent, and this week is peace. So you guys get to, um, I hope that this last week you had hope fill your heart, um, uh, and, and that um, even if it didn't, that there's just that little little flicker that we can hold on to. But the word peace is used in Scripture all the time. It's one of the promises that God gives his people. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit that Holy Spirit is supposed to bring into our life that we read about. And peace is beautiful when we have it. Amen. But it seems uh, so difficult and elusive when we don't. There, there, have been, uh, there are about 15 words in Hebrew that get translated into our word for peace in the Old Testament into English. There are, uh, between these 15 words, they are used 279 times, which I know you guys really wanted to know that nugget. Uh, Salome or, or, and Salem making up about 243 uses of these words. And we're going to look at these two words today. And in the, the Greek New Testament, seven different words that get translated into peace um, and they're used 95 times in the New Testament, the word for peace. But there's seven different words. The word Irene or Irene or something like that, I can't pronounce Greek, but is used 87 of those times. And we're going to look at this word today. But, and I know that um, I find that in knowing a word, it helps us form an idea. And the idea can allow us to dive deeper into the meaning that the Holy Spirit wants to work into our lives. Because when we word the, read the word peace, it's not just an idea. It's a gift that God wants to give us. And instead of just like this kind of being a typical sermon for me, I'd actually like to just lead us through a bit of a word study and read some of the verses that speak about peace and then let the Holy Spirit use that in your life today. The most common word in the Bible for peace is Salom is, is how, uh, uh, and by the way, I used all this. It might be Shalom, but it's, it says it's S A L O M and it's used 158 times. And this word doesn't just mean the absence of war. And it doesn't just mean like a sense of track tranquility. It's far deeper that in that. In fact, it isn't, uh, the idea that this word in Salome is trying to get us to see um, isn't that simplistic at all. It's actually a, a much uh, deeper thing. So according to the Hebrew Chaldean lexicon of the Old Testament, which I know is a book you guys all have on your shelves, so you can go and prove this to me or prove it that I'm pulled from it, but it gives us a fuller context of the word and it speaks far more about wholeness, like our word wholeness, than our word peace. Uh, than we might think about. So this word in this dictionary of the Old Testament says peace is health of body. It's full in numbers. It's secure and tranquil. It means friendship, soundness, and safety. It means to ask, are you well? If you are to ask, uh, are you well? It's, are you well in wholeness? Are you at peace? This would include every single area of your life, such as mental, physical, social, spiritual, financial, emotionally, relationally, all of it. That's what this word is asking about. 
Are you at peace in all these areas? When you are, then you are peace in the fullness of the word. It would even go a bit further than that, and it's concerned with the well-being, not just of you, but of your whole family as well. Are they at peace? So are the people in your life at peace? And it would even go even deeper. It goes, is your land at peace? Is the land in which you live, in which you dwell at peace? Peace is also security and a lack of war, of course. But again, all the realms are possible. So true peace is in honest friendship. Another lexicon of the Old Testament takes this word even deeper, and it suggests, it, it does suggest wholeness as well, but it, it, it suggests having a state of health. So are you healthy? It adds to this idea of wholeness and health. It adds to it ease and prosperity. If we are at peace, then our affairs will have some success. The peace will have its advantages in life. But this is also offers that peace is to have kindness to others as well as to yourself. And in peace, there is salvation. And we know that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And that's what this is talking about. His salvation is peacefulness in our lives. And last but not least on this word, the Dictionary of Bible Languages with Semitic Dominions, Old and New Te- or Old Testament, adds even further, giving the word satisfaction and contentment. Adding to these all that's descriptions. And honestly, I could go on and on and on and on about what this word peace, peace would be a greeting, a blessing prayed over a person or a family, or even a land. Like, so when you're saying peace, you're saying all this, it's incorporating all this into land. It could be given on a departing from one to another. I think about like uh, Hawaii, like Aloha and mahalo kind of means the same. You say it like at the beginning and at the end, it's this same type of idea is like peace. You can say peace as they come in, peace to you and peace as you leave. And in that, it's a deep and rich texture of all that this word can mean. Now, the word salem, which is used 84 times in Hebrew, adds even a deeper sense of the meaning to what we would use as the word peace. And Salem is S-E-L-E-M. And so in one of the lexicons, it it says, this gives the idea of peace as an offering. So not just a peace offering, then we'll get to that, but just like when I come to you in peace, I'm offering you something. I'm giving of something of myself. A peace offering or a sacrifice is sometimes the cost of, of friendship. The cost of fellowship with one another is peace. Like, I'm going to offer up this peace to you, regardless of any of this, as an offering. So this word peace means that. It means it has a bit of a dying-to-self idea. Of course, when we view Jesus coming to earth in light of this peace, and certainly in light of the cross, then the cross is our peace. It was his sacrifice for us. It was his cost of our unified relationship. And this offering is a, like a pain of a vow. And even in that, it's, it's interesting because when in scriptures in it, it's often marked with a meal. It's often marked with a meal. 
Think about Abraham when he was brought, the angels were there, they were brought to him and he offered this up and they, they made a, a vow to one another. They said peace to one another and then they had a meal together. And we have a meal in communion as well that signifies this peace in our life. It's, always, it's also suggested that this word peace is not always an easy decision to make. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to offer you my peace. No, it comes with some sacrifice. Sacrifice to yourself and sacrifice in your desires and sacrifice in what you have, your will and your way. And again, another le- lectionary offers this, and it's a helpful word too. It's, it suggests a Eucharistic sense of peace. Like it's a remuneration. It's a paid for a work of service. And there's a reward. Thanksgiving with someone giving and someone receiving for us. Jesus is our peace. It was his payment and it brings us peace. That's our reward. So the payment and reward side of it. It also suggests that a penalty is annulled by the paid for peace which is very fascinating to me. So maybe for us, it's our sin and or our idolatry. It's paid for by Jesus. And in exchange for that, in that, for that payment, he gives us peace. One more idea about this Salem is it lets us know that because of peace, the matter is settled. It's done. It's over. Like Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. As in communion, it, it, it's done. The deal is done. So when, it, when we say peace, and when it says peace in Scripture, it's talking about all of it. And it's, it's, it's deeper than just the way that we think of peace. Okay, one more word, this time Greek. And, uh, A-rain-I, or something like that. So it's E-I-R-E-N-E. And I want to look at this word quickly because it adds to our meaning of word, the word peace in the scripture. The word, again, has far more than we could ever imagine. And by the word, wait, wait, this word is used 87 times out of the 95 times used in the New Testament in Greek. So the Greek lexicon says this. It says, let us take a good look. Uh, or no, this is what I wrote, <laughs> not, not what it wrote, but let us take a good look. But e- even at that, it's not a complete look at this word. This word actually had like pages and pages and pages of what it meant. So I'm trying to synthesize it for us and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about what means more than others. But it talks about peace as harmony and agreement. This is kind of way we more think about peace, isn't it? Like harmony and agreement. But it goes not only just in our own mind and in our own soul and in our own body, but it's between governments, between the, the governments that lead every single faction, or it, it, it comes between leaders as well as individuals and even to the depths of oneself. It talks about good order between everyone. These are the elements of the kingdom that Jesus is bringing into this world and which we pray for when we pray for God's kingdom to come. We're praying for this type of peace, a wholeness that brings it not only to ourselves, but to the nations, to the kings, to the leaders, to even the corporations, I would argue, at this point. Another lectionary says this word in the New Testament includes 
all the words that are used for the Old Testament. So everything that we've already built on in the Old Testament, so prosperity, that it's going well, that there's health, that everything is set right, and there's, there's rest, and there's uh, order, and even quietness, right? So, right, we just want some peace and quiet, like that idea is there. But this word is rich, and I pray that we may never read or speak about peace in the same way. And when we do, when we read the word peace, we can do like a deep dive into our own soul. Okay, Lord, what are you talking about here? And, and unless you've already had all these thoughts about peace, I would challenge you to read it in a different way. So as we go from here, I'm going to read 15 verses on peace. And I'm going to use five uses of each word that we looked at. So, Salom or Shalom. So in Leviticus 26.6 it says, I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none shall make you afraid. And I will remove harmful beasts from the land and the sword shall not go through your land. In Judges 6.22-24 Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. And to this day it stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Aborites. Psalm 29.11 says, May the Lord give strength to His people. May the Lord bless His people with peace. Isaiah 9, 6-7 For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and his righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And Haggai 2, 8 and 9 says, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The later glory of this house shall be greater. And the former says, The Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts. Five verses of Salem, that's the S-E-L-E-M. Exodus 29, uh, 28. It shall be for Aaron and his sons as a perpetual due from the people of Israel for its contribution. It shall be a contribution from the people of Israel from their peace offerings, their contribution to the Lord. In Joshua 22, 26 and 27, it says, Therefore we say, let us now build an altar, not for burnt offering, nor for sacrifice, but to be a witness between us and you, and between our generation after us, that we do perform the service of the Lord in His presence with burnt offerings and sacrifice and peace offerings, So your children will not say to our children in time to come, you have no portion in the Lord. 2 Samuel 2, uh, or or 2 Samuel 6, 
9 through, or 17 through 19. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, the, God, the Lord of hosts, and distributed among all the people who the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his own house. In Ezekiel forty-five seventeen, it shall be the prince's duty to furnish the burnt burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings at the feast of the new the new moons and the Sabbaths. All the appointed feast of the house of Israel, he shall provide the sin offering, grain offering, burnt offering, peace offering to make atonement on behalf of the house of Israel. And in Amos five twenty two and twenty four it says. Even though you offered me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your song to the melody of your harps. I will not listen. But let justice roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And then the word Irene in the New Testament Luke 2, 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on peace among those with whom he is pleased. John 14, 27 and 29. These are the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You hear me say to you that I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have re- uh, if you loved me, you would have re- rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Romans 1:7. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 4-9 through Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble or honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and have heard from me Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And finally, Romans sixteen eighteen and 19. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent, as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The, the grace of the Lord 
Jesus Christ be with you. Father, I pray that you will give us peace today and through this season. May your Holy Spirit speak to us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.